Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. So let's bring on our guy, Reed Wallach. You could catch his work with BetQL. Reed, how's it going, man? How are uh, you enjoying the offseason for your Brooklyn Nets thus far? Hey, guys. Thanks, as always, for having me on. I just got to say, Ryan, you know you're my guy. I've known you for a little bit longer. But, Quinnen, on this Spencer Dinwiddie story, I think you were – this is your story. You've had it the whole way. This is so my- congratulations to you, and welcome, Dinwiddie, to Washington. I wish him all the best. Thank you. This is literally my baby. Like, I, I've been I've been grooming this Dinwiddie like a little uh, Chia pet for the past 72 hours. <laughs> um, so, I mean, let's let's talk about it while we got you here. Um, Dinwiddie gone out of Brooklyn. I know Brooklyn right now has the best odds to still to win the NBA championship. The Lakers, um, they're moving up on the list with all the acquisitions that they've made. What do you think about the recent uh, offseason moves between Brooklyn, the Lakers? You're probably talking more about the Lakers here. And also, who would you put your money on for the NBA championship this coming season? Yeah, well, it will be no surprise that I'm, I'd am i say take Brooklyn. You know, that's my team, of course. That's, you know, that's my baby. That's my Chia <laughs> Pet. But um, I actually really like what Washington's done here this offseason. I mean, they turned Russell Westbrook, who, and I could tie this into my Lakers kind of high-level analysis in the offseason, but turning Russell Westbrook into a mix of Spencer Dinwiddie, KCP, Kuzma, Harrell. I mean, you're turning one negative asset in my opinion if you're really trying to compete for some playoff success I don't see Russell Westbrook really helping you there and what I do see is a bunch of really solid role players around him and you're doing very well getting Spencer Dinwiddie and turning Westbrook into those role players so if I'm the wizard this has been a major success this offseason remaking the roster in basically a week uh Reed I'm going to play the Nets to win the finals I don't care what the price is if they stay healthy, I don't see anybody beating them. But can you see another final series besides Nets-Lakers? Because I can't. Even if you don't like those moves from the Lakers, there's no way LeBron's losing in a playoff series after losing in the first round until at least the finals. Who else could you make the case for besides those two teams, though? You, you don't think so? I, I mean, this no. Lakers team, they the Lakers have made some solid additions. I think that the additions they made during free agency is much better than the Westbrook one, but... I think this Westbrook injury uh, trade is going to be a crutch them come playoff time. This is an old roster that is counting on a lot of guys staying healthy for a full 82. I mean, if Clay Thompson looks relatively healthy and, you know, James Wiseman takes a step forward, the Warriors could be back in the mix. What if Jamal Murray comes back midseason? Then I think that Denver could be in the mix. I think that there's a lot of teams kind of closer to the Lakers than the odds may appear. Well, can you talk a little bit more about the Warriors then? Because I was all in at 11-1 to 1 to take the Warriors to win the NBA championship because I felt prior to the NBA draft that they were going to use that 7-14 and 14 pick to, to swap for something. Mm-hmm. Especially get a superstar. With the, yeah, yeah, get a superstar, especially with the comments that Steph Curry had made heading into the draft talking about trying to get some guys to come play with him. Right now, they really haven't done much. Um, what is your feeling about them? And could they still make some sort of move here before the season starts? Yeah, I mean, they could definitely still make a move. It seems like they're going to roll with this team. I mean, they just got Steph to sign that massive extension. Yes, and I don't, I don't know if I would say they have um, the roster that would warrant the third shortest odds again, ahead of Milwaukee. Yeah. But I could definitely see a world if, listen, if Clay comes back healthy, and we've seen guys, I know Clay had the knee, then the Achilles. But listen, we just saw Kevin Durant come back and play at the highest level he's arguably ever played at, and he's currently playing in the Olympics. 
So if Clay Thompson comes back and is even close to his all NBA level, and at least one of the rookies, you know, cracks the rotation and Wiseman takes a step forward, then yeah, I could see the Warriors giving the Lakers a run for their money because if you want to talk about staying healthy, I mean, what's the Lakers' average age at this point? I don't want to, you know, just be like nitpicking arbitrary, but this is an old Lakers roster that's going to be counting on guys like Melo, Dwight Howard, guys that aren't, I don't think they're capable of carrying a full season on them anymore. That, and not to mention the Westbrook acquisition, I think the Lakers are far away from a plus three or 380 price than it appears. You So you're not a big fan of the Malik Monk move that they also added in, T, in Trevor Reza? I mean, they're the oldest team, but they also got some interesting young pieces that could run that second unit. THT is back. No, I, I'm, I'm a big Malik Monk guy. I'm, I'm a believer in him, but I just think when it comes to playoff time, it's not, it's not as clean cut. This roster doesn't really flow together where, as you look at Brooklyn and the moves they've made this offseason are clear that – we are going to try and run back a very similar roster, and we know we have the goods to go deep. It seems like the Lakers are like, okay, we're going to try and get as much name-brand veteran talent, and hopefully LeBron and AD could carry us all the way. I just don't know if that's enough nowadays. Uh, Reed, so for the first time since 2016, I could go back to being a Bulls fan. I had to uh, boycott them because of John Paxson and Gar Foreman being the two biggest idiots on this planet, <laughs> trading my favorite player of all time, Derrick Rose, letting Joe Kim Noah walk, although it was probably time because he had plantar fasciitis, um, nearly killing Luel Dang, literally, and then <laughs> they bring in Dwayne Wade and Rondo 15 years past their prime, commit to Jimmy Butler, Extend Jimmy Butler, then end up trading Jimmy Butler. But now we actually got guys that know what they're doing. What are your thoughts on the Bulls this offseason? Because now I finally don't have to care about the Bucks anymore. I'll always love Giannis. It was a nice run for them, but I could finally be a Bulls fan again. God what do you think? Of, what do you think about their offseason so far? I actually like what the Bulls have been doing a lot. I think that the Lonzo signing, great. Caruso signing, maybe. Or I would go as far to say Caruso might be one of the bargains of the offseason. I really mm. like Caruso. I like what the Bulls are doing. The DeRozan signing, a little bit too far for me. I won't let it trash all they've done. But I do think DeRozan might be a little redundant next to Levine. I am curious how that's Mm -hmm. all going to come together. But listen, if you look at that bottom of the Eastern Conference, it's getting better, but it's right for the taking. You know, there's a world where, you know, the Bulls could, this could all come together nicely, and the Bulls are in that five seed, in that six seed. You know, avoid that playing game. And, Sometimes you got to do it, and it all kind of came together for the Bulls this offseason, and I like what they've done. Vucevic is still there. Levine is, you know, look at those stats last year. Is he a good stats, bad team guy? Maybe. But now he's got some defenders around him in Lonzo that hopefully could help, you know, put this into, like, full perspective for the Bulls going forward. You know, so I I'm, like the Bulls overall. I'm, I'm right with you, and I'm glad you said the uh, good, good guy or good stats, bad team situation because it reminds me of what Levine is about to go through to in this season, especially if he remains healthy, it reminds me of what Devin Booker went through his career. I mean, just absolutely, just yeah. absolutely hooping in Phoenix, but guys just think he's a, a stat patter, and even when he had, what, 70 points one night and they lost the game, people were like, oh, who effing cares about it? If he gets some real talent around him, which it looks like they have uh, everything you pretty much could ask for, and also people talk mm-hmm. about Vucevic's uh, paint defense, well, that Vooch might not even see many guys in the paint with all this perimeter defending that the Chicago has. I think this is an excellent, excellent offseason for the Chicago Bulls. Bulls. Um, I got one question for you regarding this Team USA tonight. <sighs> it's, it's been hard to handicap these guys, man. They, I'm taking Australia. 
my partner's taking Australia the to fighting cover. Long I think it's 16 and a half still on bet MGM. It opened at 14 and a half, I believe. I might have to double check that. What are you feeling about the uh, Team USA tonight, or this morning rather, uh, against Australia? Yeah, it's been tricky capping these games. I started, I felt like I have a pulse on them, but now they've just turned it on to another gear, and it's been really hard to kind of keep up with the pace they're running at. Like, I mean, they blew that Spain game wide open. Yeah. I, I landed on two ideas. I have two ideas of how it's going to go, and I think I have a way of this game playing out. I think it's going to stay tight early. That's how a lot of these Team USA games have been going. They've been a second-half team. Mm -hmm. So I lean towards Australia in the first half. I think that the U.S. are going to roll them, though. I think that ultimately they end up getting close to that closing spread. But I ultimately landed on the under as the play. I wrote this all up on Mm -hmm. BetQL with some more insights. But I land on the under, their first game that they played in that friendly. And I know it's a friendly, but if anything, I think the pace is going to slow down even more because – this is a semifinal game. This is, you know, almost, you're almost at the whole enchilada here. Yeah. So that game ended at 174 points. I think that the Aussie scoring 97 in the last game and the U.S. scoring um, upwards of 90, that's kind of inflating this total. And I just don't see it that way. This total, I saw this morning at 182. That's just too high for my liking in a FIBA game where the minutes are still somewhat democratic and there's only 40 minutes. So I played the under 182, and I say I lean towards the Australians in the first half just to stay close, stay within arm's length. Then I I think the U.S. kind of pull away late. I like that. Uh, Reed, coming up this weekend, UFC 265. I'm trying to – I'm going back and forth whether I want to order this or whether I want to go out for it. I will send you the fake streams, No, I can't do it. No, I got got to do it the real way. Hey, any plays, anything that – will come after you, right? Exactly, man. You heard him. You heard him. They're cracking. He said he's got something for – Let me tell you something. Dana, if you have the time with all that's going on in your your company to come find me – no. You you got me, no. Brett. I'm not going to run. But if I you will. take the time out your day to get me, you can have me, Dana White. I would never. There's few people that I'm afraid of on this planet. Dana White is one of them. One time I did an interview <laughs> with him. He, if you, he's, he's a scary man. Anything you like? <laughs> any plays that you have for Saturday night? Yeah. So I wrote up early this week a full. And the main event is one of the more intriguing main events you're going to find because there's one way for Derek Lewis to pull the upset. He's the number two ranked. He's in his hometown of Houston this weekend, but he is a one-trick pony. He is, I'm going to knock you out. Yep. I'm going to stiff as a board, or I'm going to lose this fight ugly. And unfortunately for him, the guy going up against Cyril Gane is an undefeated, built like a Greek god, you know, 6'4", 250. He's jacked. He's huge. He likes, he's cool with, Stand on the outside, work in leg kicks, use his size to really get on you and push you up against the cage. Ultimately, I think Ghana is going to wear him down. I think he's proven against two noted kickboxers in his last two fights that he's cool going long into fights and staying disciplined. I think the same thing happens here. I think Ghana wins in a pretty boring main event. I don't think Lewis is able to land that knockout blow. He does have George Foreman on his side, though. Did you see that? Yes, I did. (laughs) I mean, listen – Lewis has been able to pull out some crazy, and when he's in this price range, I look to Lewis. I can't pull the trigger. I'm with you. I instead laid Gane, and the fight starts round four. It's like a plus one twenty I got earlier this week. So basically, it's a combination of Gane and over three and a half because I think this fight's going to go long. I think that maybe Lewis gets gas and he tries to just push forward, and Gane finishes him there. But that's how I see the main event playing out. Reed, really quickly, um. You give out five-star plays, and I have this question for you. Sugar Sean O'Malley, 
has been winning a lot of fights, so much so that he has tattooed himself on his neck. Yeah, Would you that. ever tattoo yourself giving out five-star plays on any piece of your body? Listen, if I got a tattoo, my parents would <laughs> would be up in arms. I would be excommunicated from the family. So maybe like a henna tattoo. I'll get like five stars tatted on like my arm. So like, you know, when they have me doing video, I'll just like, you know, show my arm. Like, look, here are the five-star plays. And then I'll write in Sharpie underneath. You got to get that copyrighted. Reed, thanks so much, man. <laughs> Check out his work over at BetQL. Download the BetQL app, of course. Thanks a lot, man. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Enjoy the games. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Thank you, Reed. It's only Wednesday, though. Hey, guys. Thanks, as always.